0: Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea Debar Johnson.
1: Well, hello. All hello. Hello. Right. <laughs> How you guys doing? Welcome to Mind Your Business Radio. I am here with my co-host, uh, Althea DeBar Johnson, attorney Althea DeBar Johnson. How you doing, girl? I'm
2: doing great. It's good to be here, as always.
1: And I'm uh, Dr. Florian Seiler, and we have a special guest. He has been with us, uh, what is this, like third or fourth time? We keep trying to have him back, and you'll see why we keep trying to have him back. <laughs> Welcome back, Greg Palmer.
3: Thank
4: you. It's a pleasure. I'm excited.
2: (laughs) Well, we're glad that you're
4: here, Greg,
2: because
1: you always have valuable information for us. Absolutely. And Greg, the reason why you are here is because we are talking about business. We are talking about getting into business, getting out of business. And one thing I can say about Greg Palmer is he always Um, has some good strategies, some good conversation about business, and he has some uh, good uh, information about even how to use products to shield yourself uh, in business and also to create exit strategies. And so if you guys don't know, Greg, he is the president of GPI Financial Services, an independent insurance and risk management company. Um, and he does a lot of work in the community. He's helped me a lot on different series uh, for our church, and for nonprofit organizations. And so he's been in the industry for over 30 years. So we want to thank you, Greg, for being here. Um, and thank you for joining the conversation today.
4: My pleasure and also an honor.
1: <laughs> okay, so the first thing we want to talk about is uh, we you, you guys know that we're here mainly to serve the minority community and women. Uh, and so a lot of times we talk about business from a minority standpoint, uh, sometimes from a small business standpoint, and those are two different things because just because you're a minority-owned business does not mean you're small. There are a lot of large uh, businesses that have the majority shareholder uh, as a person of color. So we're not talking about... Uh, We're not using those two synonymously, Um, but we do tend to talk a lot towards small business owners and also to minority business owners. Uh, And so uh, according to Black Enterprise, um, minority business, minority owned business is a a large part of the engine that drives our economy today. All right. So we're going to ask the question. Should you get into business? We're going to ask that question first. Should you get into business? And I have two business owners. Matter of fact, my co host is a successful business owner. Um, and so we're going to ask the question to Greg and also to Althea. <laughs> <laughs> Althea's looking to be like, oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should you? What should, what, what things come to mind, you guys, when people talk about getting into business? What kinds of things do you think come to mind?
4: Greg? Go right ahead. Okay. (laughs) The things that come to mind are number one, uh, do you have a product or service that is needed? And I think the real key if you're going into business, you want to come up with a product that everyone needs.
1: Okay. All right.
4: You know, once you realize that, then you have to kind of have a strategy, a plan.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. You have to work it. All right. Well said. First thing, guys, is do you all actually have something that people need? It's a little bit. Uh, easier to answer that question for people like us because we provide a service and so there's a long history of people needing attorneys
2: a long history of people who need accounting and accounting services of course we all need tax uh service yes. from time to time so yes yeah, service or um industries are a little bit different because there's a tendency to have that need now the product that may be a different uh, animal that you need to do some, a little bit more research on. Right.
4: Absolutely, right. because I think that there was a time when we actually produced things, but I think the thing that drives our economy now is the fact that we are a service oriented uh, society now. Most mm-hmm. of the manufacturing happens overseas.
3: Mm hmm.
4: You know, that's why, you know, when I think about business, especially if you're talking about manufacturing, uh, how competitive can you be manufacturing in the United States today when you've got places like China and Mexico
3: wow. that
4: manufacture at a, a lot less cost wise for
3: mm-hmm. a company
4: than to manufacture here in the U.S.? So uh, unless you have some ties overseas or maybe mm-hmm. even to Africa, the motherland, I've always yeah. thought about some opportunities yeah. there. And I talked to a, a a lady last week and she talked about uh, businesses and how uh, there are a lot of guys that here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that actually have businesses over in places like Nigeria. Right. Matter of fact, she mentioned that Nigeria was the only African co- uh, country that actually produced oil. Okay. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. She said pe- people like Andy Young and Al Sharpton right. have businesses over there in Nigeria.
1: Right, right, right. And I
4: thought that was interesting, especially if you're going to be producing That might be a perfect connection there.
1: Well, you know, I I remember that a lot of the uh, black chambers of commerce were trying to encourage black business to do business over in Africa. And I think they had a couple of um, different tours over there. I remember when a lot of the uh, business people and politicians were going back and forth to Africa, trying to create trade opportunities Mm. uh, between black business here and over in Africa okay so the first thing you're saying is that you have to do some research and make sure that you actually have something that the public wants so what is it that you have to offer now let's just say that let's just talk to us to the small business owner now let's just say that you think that you can make really good cupcakes so you think that the world wants your cupcakes all right so now you've decided that you want to you want (laughs) to you want to bake and sell cupcakes well you know that's really good um however there's a lot more to it than that there is a myth the myth is if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. That's a ve- that's a huge myth. Just because you put something in motion doesn't mean that people will come. And I guess one of the biggest things that I'm learning as a financial person is the need for marketing. Uh, and so in the future, we're going to probably have some marketing people on the show to talk about some online strategies with Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Althea and I are always looking at each other going, you know, now what are we going to do next? How do we, you know, how do we connect, uh, you know, with these new, uh, new, Things that you know. After y'all always talk, about, we talk like we're real old, like we're 100 years old. This newfangled yep. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I,
2: I'm still trying to learn a whole lot uh, of stuff. So, yeah, this is kind of newfangled for me. Yeah. Oh, so yeah.
1: just even marketing yourself. First of all, marketing yourself and letting people know that you're out there. But one of the things that Greg talked about is having a strategy, and that is part of your strategy. Okay. So a strategy not only includes. Um, Uh, you know, do you actually know that someone out there wants what you have to offer? But also uh, coming up with some sort of marketing strategy. Do you have the talent or the money to market yourself? If you do not, you need to employ someone to help you work on that marketing strategy. And then, of course, what I plan to talk about and what Greg plans to talk about and Althea plans to talk about because this is this is what we're, we're staying in our lane today is the financial mm-hmm. aspect and the legal aspects uh, of some of these business decisions. OK, so, yes, you need to decide that, yes, I have something that someone needs uh, and now I need to work on my strategy. OK. So from a financial standpoint, one of the things that I always that's always surprising to me is that a lot of people jump into business and really don't count the cost. Mm. They don't count up the cost of mm. being in business, which is not just can you afford the rent or, you know, if you're going to work out, out of your home or if you're going to work at an a office. But the fact that you do need professionals, you need you need to have a budget that includes an attorney to tell you how to get set up properly and legally and the things that surround it. But also, uh, uh, Greg's going to talk a little bit about some of the risk management Mm -hmm. needs in business. And I'm going to talk about some of these financial things you need to be able to afford. A good accountant, a good attorney, good risk management. The things that surround business that really help successful businesses be successful is having a team, a team of people and making sure that you can afford them.
2: That's that's very true. Um, in fact, I was involved in, well, not involved. I went to a seminar this past weekend where it was talking about getting financially fit. And one of the seminars dealt with, um, Owning your own business what do you have to do to own your own business how do you have to set yourself up financially and how do you set yourself up with the state because there's a difference between being in business and business mm. yes
1: yes yes <laughs> yes i call it i call it having a hustle yeah. and having okay. a real business hey. <laughs> and i
2: think we all Somewhere in our lifetime, and have seen our parents and grandparents have mm-hmm. a hustle. Yeah, mm-hmm. we always have to have least a side hustle. hustle, right? side uh, hustle yeah. and more source of income. Yeah, having a regular job is, right. is not necessarily it. But I think mm-hmm. what Greg was saying is we need to first do the research. Yes. And then from the research, then we may have to move into marketing. But tell us, Greg, how do you think we need to start our businesses?
4: Well. Flo hit an important point, and definitely marketing is something that you you have to have in business. My concept is simply this. If Coca-Cola has to continue to market Coca-Cola <laughs> products as big as Coca-Cola is, right. how dare us think that us as a small business person, we don't have to do the same thing? And also on the point of hustle, from Chicago, <laughs> being Flo from Chicago, so we understand yes. hustle. Yes. Folks in Chicago, hustle. But again, that's not a business. That's a hustle.
3: Right. Because
4: usually that's a cash type of a situation. Mm -hmm. And usually those situations don't get counted in your income.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they don't get counted on your tax return a lot of times because it is cash. But also it's not set up properly so that you can actually determine uh, the the you know the profits of your business are you being profitable? Is there a larger market for your business? Can you expand this uh, because it's a hustle? A lot of people are just satisfied um with selling things outside of their trunk or different things like that and but but truth be told, I mean you know how do you you know what is what is your real strategy? Is your strategy just going to New York and buying some purses and selling them out of your trunk? or do you have a real strategy for uh being in the purse business? You know, there's a pocketbook business, there's a mm-hmm. you know, there's a purse business or there's a luggage business. Are you truly a part of that business? Or do you have a hustle? Because if you're part of that business, then you know all there is to know about pocketbooks. So you're going to find out. You're going to know who your competitors are. Mm-hmm. You're going to know what it costs to, to actually manufacture a pocketbook. Or should you be buying pocketbooks wholesale and selling retail? Mm-hmm. So those are parts of things of actually being in business um, that you need to know. And so there's nothing wrong with with investing in a business education mm. so that you can be a true business person and not just a hustle uh, like Greg hustle. said from right. Chicago.
4: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I
2: think also that I think a lot of us just jumping into business without having done some of the the things that we need to do put in preparation.
3: Mm-hmm. In, in,
2: in other words, I, and I advise my my um, nephew of this because he's a CPA And he wants his own business. And I I keep advising him, I said, listen, get some experience first. Mm -hmm. Um, Try to discover what it is that in the area of accounting do you like, Would you like to do. Um, Meet people, connect, and then save money, learn.
1: Then get
3: out
1: there. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, that's a that's right. Right now. Learn on someone else's diet. Mm. That's true. Yes. That's, that's true. It's, it's a process.
2: Yes. That's before true. you go out there on your own, and especially if you have a family to provide for. Ooh,
4: you better believe
1: it. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, sure. One of the things that we're going to want to talk about, and uh, we'll get definitely more into this. We're going to take a break. But one of the things we want to talk about, I want to expand on... Uh, What Althea just said, and we're going to talk about learning on someone else's dime uh, because all of us have done it. We didn't just Mm -hmm. jump out there once we got our certifications, degrees, licenses, whatever. Uh, And also, what kind of personality and mindset and discipline
2: Mm. do Do you have to have? Okay.
1: So So, so thanks for
2: listening to uh, business education, but we'll be right back in a few moments
5: right after this short. Busyfolk.com is the dry cleaning, pick up and drop off service for busy people like you. Busyfolk.com saves you tons of time. We can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic, trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? We also offer wash and fold laundry service, and we work hard to make sure that our customers know that their satisfaction is our main priority. Busyfolk.com is only a click away. Find this by typing busyfolk.com into your computer or smartphone. We currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit busyfolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's busyfolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com.
0: Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Siler and Althea DeBar Johnson.
1: All right. Okay. We're back. We're back. So uh, we were uh, talking about uh, Althea, uh, as usual, always brings up something compelling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about learning on someone else's dime. And trust me, guys, it was years of being a CPA and working in corporate America and learning and working in public accounting before I went out, um, um 16 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. this has been 16, yeah, 16 years ago, uh, and started my own firm. Sure. Uh, but, and, and it, and it grew, but the reason why I was able to grow is I did two things. Number one, I, I used a lot of experience. Uh, from my, uh, corporate work, Mm -hmm. uh, and two, I got a really good mentor. There you go. I got a really good mentor. I partnered up with someone who had been in business 10 years, Mm -hmm. uh, prior to me going into business and she really, really helped me avoid a lot of the mistakes I would have had to, um, I would have probably had to, uh, make if I had not, um, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Partnered up with her, but Althea, tell before before I go on, Althea, tell them we want people to call in. Yeah, we? We,
2: we really do. We want you to kind of join this conversation because if you have a question, we want you to call in and ask Greg. Uh, what does it take to start this? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, don't ask us.
2: Ask Greg. <laughs> yeah, ask, ask Greg. Huh? But you know, I, of course we know. But something, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we have Greg here. So we want you to join the conversation by calling us at
1: 1-888-463-6748. That's 888. Go for it. All right. Thank you, Althea. Althea said, call Greg. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 anyway, um, I would love for you guys to chime in and, and kind of share your, your uh, experience uh, prior to uh, going into business. And also, uh, like I said, if you learn on someone else's dime, Whether it be through uh, educating yourself uh, by working someplace else uh, or by volunteering someplace else or by understanding um, exactly, uh, you know, a lot of internships uh, with small business to help you understand what they do
3: Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: so forth and so on. But really getting, you know, experience and education before you jump out there. (laughs)
4: Amen, my sister. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a prime example. When I first got in the insurance business, I absolutely knew nothing about business, but mm-hmm. I, I had a, a a strong desire to get into business. I had worked mm-hmm. at a hospital, mm-hmm. but I wanted to wear a suit and a tie. Uh-huh. So I, I did some research, and I uh, went and interviewed with Life of Georgia. So uh-huh. that's why I started my career was at Life of Georgia. And I'm very grateful because my sales manager there was a, a gentleman named Richard, uh, what is his name, White. Richard White was my sales manager. And this guy was sharp.
3: Uh-huh. I mean,
4: dressed real sharp. I mean, he had to walk. He had to look. He was confident. And he was my first mentor. Yes. So I appreciate everything that he taught me because, I mean, when I came to Atlanta, I came out of the military. Uh-huh. So I didn't know how to shake hands. I didn't know how to dress. I mean, yes. I came with a zoot suit on when I
3: went to work. <laughs>
4: With those right. guys, so I had to learn how to, you know, tailor the suit and, right. and that whole thing there. So I appreciate him for for doing that. And I worked for the Life of Georgia for about a year and a half, and I realized quickly that that wasn't what I wanted to do for a career. Uh-huh. So I started looking around, and I went to look at companies like Equitable, New York Life, uh, Prudential, and Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. And I landed at Prudential. And one thing I can really say about them is they really took the time to train us. We were yes. very well trained yes. uh, with Prudential. And I worked there for about eight years.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And after about eight years, I realized that it really wasn't the company. It's really you. Yes.
1: yes. So
4: that's when I first ventured out on my own, into my own practice. Yes. About eight, nine years worth of mentoring under a couple of very good mentors. Yes. And that put me out there on the, on the entrepreneur pathway. And it was one of the best decisions I made because I realized it was it's you. Yeah, it's you. It's not the company. I, at one point, I thought it was was Prudential, but what I realized later on in yes. my career, it, it wasn't that people bought you. Right. They have trust. They have belief in you. Right. right. And that was the thing that I that I realized. But mentoring is definitely a piece of the the puzzle mm-hmm. that I strongly suggest if you can mentor under someone that is successful. And see, that's a problem in corporate America because in corporate America, a lot of times. People are afraid to mentor because they have the fear of you surpassing them oh, yeah. stops them from really helping you to get where you want to go.
1: Right. And and that's true, uh, Greg. A lot of us were blessed. If you really think back at those, whether they're supervisors or bosses that really acted as mentors, they didn't have that concern that they were afraid. They were secure within themselves there and their abilities, and they, they weren't afraid of you outshining, you know, even getting to the point where you could almost outshine, you know, it's almost like they pushed, you know, my mentors pushed me because they felt like they were moving up and they wanted to take me with them. Beautiful. And so they felt like, okay, you're going to have to step up because I'm not going to be here forever. I'm moving on to the next level. And so I want you to be prepared to move on to the next level. If you can find people like that who are willing to let you shine Uh, then you have a really, really, really good mentor and you can learn a lot. The other thing, Greg, is by working with a big company like Prudential, they had the money, they had the capacity to train you well. A lot of times when we go to work, I know a lot of us don't necessarily want you know, the corporate scene and a lot of people with the personality to be an entrepreneur don't necessarily want uh, the corporation, you know, the, the, cor- the rat race of a corporation. But if you at least what I call do your time, mm-hmm. you do your time somewhere where they can support you and train you, because once you get out here and your name is on the door, mm-hmm. you have to pay for your own training. It is very expensive, not to mention that, if you make a mistake, it's on you. Exactly. You don't have a big corporation to hide your mistake, you know, I or see. to or to throw some money at your mistake. Your mistake is yours. Your name is on the door. There's nobody to blame but yourself.
4: <laughs> uh, we call that trial by fire.
1: Yes, well, <laughs> that's right. Like that's that. right. And you gotta have some of it, but you want to limit. The, you want to you want to limit the number of those types of incidences and the financial impact mm-hmm. of those incidences when you're out here practicing and working for yourself. And I think, but again, I
2: I think it's uh, how we properly set up our businesses. Mm-hmm. We have to set up our business proper properly.
3: Mm-hmm. We can
2: talk about the, the practical aspect of running a business. But then there's the again. I want to bring in the legal aspect of That's also right. running the mm-hmm. business, right. and I think it blocks a lot of us from moving forward. Because again, if you don't, if you're not properly registered, register with the state that you opening up your business.
3: Mm-hmm. If you don't
2: have your employment identification number. Yes. If you don't have a, a banking relationship, uh, or start a, a banking relationship. If you don't have the proper insurances, mm-hmm. the the bonds, whatever you need to protect yourself as a business, then again you can't go after a certain loan, you can't go after certain funding, you can't go out to certain grants. You you're limited
3: mm-hmm. because you don't
2: have everything in place. You're not paying taxes. Oh. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: No.
2: And you don't have, you haven't filed taxes, that's, mm-hmm. that's problematic. But I see we have a call
1: online. We have a call. Uh, Pamela, are you there? Are you on the line? I am. Good morning. How are you all? Good morning. How are you? Yes. yes. yes.
2: Attorney Althea DeBar Johnson, Miss Dr. Florian Siren, and Gregory Palmer. Yes.
3: Yes. Thank
2: you all for all having this conversation uh, you all are mentors to me, and I want to thank you all for doing what you do. But specifically, Mr. Greg Palmer, let me ask you all this question. How do you find a great mentor in this day and That's time? That's
1: awesome question. Pamela wants to know, people? how do you find a great mentor? That's an awesome question, Pamela. Awesome question. Well, here's the thing, Pamela. You know, we we find in corporate America now that they're getting really smart and they're doing a lot of formal mentor programs. If you work for a corporation, you can find a formal mentor. But more importantly, I think you need to find an informal mentor. Uh, and there are people out there who are willing. But a lot of times you have to just ask them. You have to ask them. Uh, you know, you have to approach a potential mentor a lot of times uh you know people like althea and greg and myself we are so busy that that it's not that we don't want to mentor but it's not it's not first in our minds right so what happens is i know a lot of students approach me i know that althea has a lot of people that approach her i know that even pam said that greg is one of her mentors um And so sometimes it's just a matter of you approaching. If you see someone that is doing what you want to do, if you see someone who is doing it the way you want to do it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: (laughs) okay, approach that person and ask them to serve as a mentor for you. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't necessarily mean that they talk to you every single day. But for instance, there are times when I have taken my students to clients with me. Uh, I've taken. I'm sure Althea might take someone to court. So there are ways to uh, provide you with experiences uh, that you would not get if you would not if you don't have a mentor. If it's a close mentorship relationship, that person can tell you, uh, like Greg said, don't wear a zoot suit to a meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, someone had to tell him that he didn't. Yeah. You're just not born knowing that. Yeah. Okay, so someone had to tell him that. I find myself in a position a lot having to tell students about their hairstyles, yes. about their dress, mm-hmm. um, about these tattoos, oh, about oh, tattoos that, that, are, you know, that are showing. Um, yes. You know, you might have, if you have a tattoo, make sure it's hidden. But those are the types of things that I have to wind up explaining uh, to students uh, and different things like that because you know, they just don't know. If you haven't been in the business world and then it depends on the industry too. If you're going to go into a profession like Althea and I and Greg, you have to wear the uniform, okay. That is
2: true. I, I'm from You have to wear you know. the uniform because it, it, it's it's that first impression that it can, that can be lasting. Mm-hmm. Now I found my my mentor. I just went and I I looked at uh, a, a, a place I wanted to be and I asked to volunteer. So I volunteered my services, mm-hmm. and by volunteering, I was able to. Not only to learn, but to get some experiences and find out, you know, what was going on and what it would take for me to have my own own practice. Okay. Or whether or not I really wanted to be right. in law. Whether you really
1: wanted to be in law or not, yes. right? Yes. Pamela, did that answer
2: your question? It did. It did. It brought me some uh, things to my remembrance as well. So that's awesome. Thank you for uh, answering that question.
1: Well, thank you for calling, Pamela. Okay, so we're talking about the fact that, okay, Pamela asked about a mentor, and we encourage you to definitely, definitely, definitely uh, find a mentor. One of the things that we want to talk about uh, when we get back is we want to talk about um, your personality, okay, (laughs) what kind of gumption it takes to be in business. We're going to dispel some of the myths about being in business because Greg said, I just want to wear a tie, okay. Uh, yeah, I I just want to wear a suit. All right. Uh, and some of the hardships that we found about being in business, then we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about why businesses fail. And we're going to, we're going to talk about, we're going to give some advice to our entrepreneurs about exit strategies. You're in business, but you shouldn't be in business till you die. Okay. That's for sure. (laughs) Hello.
2: Oh. So just a time to take a short break and, and we'll be right back after this.
1: All right. I'll Thanks.
6: Are you in need of a breakthrough? Maybe you only need a roadmap to connect the dots to your success. You know, you're destined for greatness. Have you grown tired of trying to figure it out by yourself? Well, not for long. Welcome to Coach's Corner Elite, a digital magazine whose mission is to become your premier resource in connecting with many of the industry's top go-to coaches, consultants, leaders, and experts. I'm talking about movers and shakers from around the world who are willing to share their stories of struggle and triumph as well as their systems for success so that you too can have hope. No matter where you stand in your journey, your search will be complete with Coach's Corner Elite. Visit our website, CoachesCornerElite.com Join our mailing list today. Got mobile? Text connect Me to 33444 Join us now. CoachesCornerElite Your experience awaits
5: busyfolk.com is the dry cleaning pick up and drop off service for busy people like you busyfolk.com saves you tons of time we can pick up and deliver to your job or your home you decide no more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home one less trip means less money spent on gas and we all know that time is money right We also offer wash and fold laundry service, and we work hard to make sure that our customers know that their satisfaction is our main priority. Busyfolk.com is only a click away. Find us by typing busyfolk.com into your computer or smartphone. We currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit busyfolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's busyfolk.com.
0: And now back to Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar Johnson for more of Mind Your Business Radio on Talk Zone.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody. And thank you guys for calling in. We still want you to encourage, we want to encourage you to call in 888 463 6748. That's 888. Go for it. So we want more callers. We were going to talk about what it takes to get into business, the personality, the gumption, okay? Uh, We're going to have a show uh, later on this month talking about budgets and we're talking about it from a personal and also from a business standpoint. But right now we want to talk. We're talking about some of the soft skills uh, and some of those soft skills that you need to have to get into business. Okay, Uh, And, you know, I can promise you guys that although I never regretted a day of going into business for myself, I worked harder than I ever worked before in my life, okay? So you have to consider uh, you don't have vacation time. There's no one to pay you when you decide to go on vacation. When you're on vacation, if you're a sole proprietor, when you're on vacation, uh, until you build your business up to have employees and someone working on your behalf, when you're on vacation, you're not making money, okay? (laughs) If you're sick, you're not making money. All right. You got to buy your own health insurance, your own life insurance, all of that stuff that we take for granted. Some of those benefits we take for granted when we work for someone else. All of those things need to be. Taken into consideration, I'm so sorry, you guys. You sometimes you all, if you all could just see what I see. Sometimes when we're doing our live show, my, my, my co-host cracks me up on a regular basis. But anyway, if if you know the personality that it takes to go into business, um, you have to be a go getter. Okay, you have to because once you go out there on business, before you have the capacity, that means that you, you know, you you have to have some money to hire people and things like that. So if you don't have money to hire people, you're out there on your own. You are your marketing person, you are your salesperson, you are all those things. Okay, and like I said, you need to consider spending money on an attorney, spending money on risk management, uh, and spending money uh, on an accountant. All right. Those are things that you probably need to budget for, have the money for that before you step out on your own.
2: So Greg, what do we, what what type of individuals uh, need to go into business or consider going into business? I,
4: <laughs> I I would say that if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you 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 really have to be disciplined
3: mm-hmm.
4: because it's going to take a lot to, I mean to to build a practice.
3: Mm-hmm. So
4: the first thing you have to do is have that discipline because. If you're if you're in corporate America and you leave there, one of the things that you have when you're in a corporation is you have people around you. So you have people that you can use as sounding boards when you go out on your own. I consider it like being a a solopreneur. As a solopreneur, it's like you're out there by yourself. That's why I believe it's it's truly uh, in your best interest to build yourself a team of professionals to surround yourself with. Because what I have found with small business people, and you kind of hit on it, was the fact that a lot of times small business people don't pay their taxes.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: So I found myself in that situation when I first went out in the business for myself. I wasn't paying my taxes
3: mm-hmm. because
4: it was an ebb and the flow. Right. Sometimes the money comes, sometimes it don't. So you have to float in those lean times.
3: Right. As a matter of right. fact, I
4: remember one time I got a check right around Christmas, and I never forgot about it. But that check was for one penny. One penny, so i was worth one cent
3: wow and
4: i never spent it i put it up on my wall and i used it as motivation but you have to have discipline that's the key thing you have to have discipline you have to have drive uh because if you don't have those things you might as well just stay where you are and work for that company right because they're providing a lot of resources like you talked about all of those benefits people don't realize it if you're not a business person but what does it cost just for the benefits that these companies provide for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. That's one of their biggest expenditures are benefits.
1: Right. So and you have payroll. payroll.
4: And payroll. And payroll, so yeah. To, oh, have Lord. You
1: Payroll is always the largest. So most small business people can't afford to hire anybody mm-hmm. when they first come out of business. They have to work up to that point.
4: And they really need to think corporate. One of the things that we try to teach people is don't think small mom and pop. Think corporate
3: hmm Set yourself mm-hmm. up
4: like a corporation does.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, put
4: those things in place that will be, a, where you'll be able to grow your practice.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And not just like mom and pop, you know, well, you know, we just kind of hustling.
2: Right. You right. Know, right.
4: if you're going to do it, take it to that next level and just pattern yourself after a company that you really respect. Right. Because all companies pretty much start out small unless they have access to a bunch of capital
1: right right now if you have
4: access to money that changes the game
1: right that's right if you don't
4: have access to money you have to create those types of opportunities for yourself to build some capital to build your practice
1: well that is one of the the top reasons why small businesses fail or any business fails when you start out is they don't have adequate cash reserves you know they don't you know you don't uh, budget for those contingencies
3: mm-hmm. so you
1: don't have the adequate cash reserves to actually fund the fact that what if you know you're not going to make a profit for the first year
2: right you well do not make a profit for more than one yeah day. i know It, oh, it could be several
1: years absolutely you
2: make a profit absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely
1: absolutely so here's the thing guys from the irs standpoint they will allow you to at least uh, have they figure that small businesses or startup businesses, uh, at least it takes three years. That is in the research. It takes three years for them to actually turn a profit. So what does that mean? That means sometimes you might not get a paycheck. Amen. Okay? Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. That means that you might not be able to do some of the things that you're accustomed to doing. That means that you have to make some sacrifices. If you're not getting a paycheck and you don't want to lose your home or other things in the process. Okay. So you have to plan for all of that. You have to plan for what if my business does not turn a profit.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: What if it, what if it fails or what if I don't turn a profit until after three years and turn a
2: profit basically is where the business has, really been paying his own bills.
1: Yes. Right. So that, yes.
2: that's what it means by paying a, a turning a profit. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that you still get a salary. Right, right. that's right. That doesn't right. necessarily mean that you you can now afford health insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. It means that the business is just taking care of itself. itself. Right. <laughs> right. That's what mean to, uh,
1: right. turn a profit can mean. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because turn a profit doesn't mean that you have excess cash now. It just means that, oh, wow, I can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm actually
1: working, uh, earning some money, and the money that I'm earning is, is helping me to pay for things so it doesn't have to come out of my, my pocket, pocket. Mm-hmm. to pay for the business. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. So uh, inadequate uh, 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 cash flow is a huge, huge, huge uh, problem. Uh, the other thing too is while you go into business, believe, we talked about this, believing that you can do everything yourself, mm. you cannot do everything yourself. No. You have to surround yourself uh, with the right uh, professionals, with the right uh, people. The other thing that we were... Oh, Greg, go ahead. You were saying no,
4: something. No. Oh, all I was going to say was that uh, when you were a, a, a solopreneur, a lot of times what happens is you are so focused on your business
3: mm-hmm. that
4: the other things kind of fall by the wayside. Right. As an example, you may be in construction. You're so busy constructing other people's properties that you don't pay attention to your own property sometimes mm-hmm. because you're so focused on other people's properties. Right. But at the same time, you have other disciplines that surround that business that need to be taken care of in a timely manner. That's
1: matter. right. That's right. So you
4: need those advisors because uh, one, of, one of the things that we talk about is... Not thinking mom and pop. And what I mean by that is if you have a team of advisors around you, consider that to be your advisors, your board of directors. Yes. So that when you have issues that pop up, you can go to them because a lot of times what you'll find is that, you know, that particular discipline. Right. But someone on the outside looking in may come with a whole different perspective that you may have missed. Because you don't even think that particular way.
1: Right. That's right. You know, you think like
4: an engineer.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So
4: Engineers are thinking a certain way. Engineers don't think creatively.
1: Right.
4: Engineers think logically.
1: Right. Right. So you may
4: bring some creativity to that logic. (laughs) <laughs> that might unlock some other things for that particular person. So to me, you have to have yourself a team of people around you yes. and consider that to be like you're bored. That's what I mean by not thinking mom and pop. I'm going to do it all by myself, by taxes. You know, you've got legal Zoom and all of that stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to be bothered with all that nonsense. Right. I'm going to go to Althea and say, listen, I got a legal <laughs> issue. Can you handle That's it? right. Because she sees it every day. She's in the courtroom. I don't go right. to the court. I've been to the courtroom maybe twice in my life.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Greg, just because you know how to do something, you brought up an engineer, just because you're an engineer or an architect or a great baker or whatever business you decide to go into doesn't mean you know business. Woo. Okay. You know, the discipline. you know, you know how to do something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. You have a trade, you have a, a a specialty, you have experience in something, but you don't have experience in business.
3: Yes, ma'am. Okay.
1: You might have experience in a certain discipline, but that doesn't mean you have experience in business. So that is why you have to surround yourself with experts because you don't have experience in law. So like Greg said, he ain't, ta- he's not going to represent himself in court. You don't have experience in finances or or taxes. You don't have experience in, in, in risk management, lots of other things, marketing, so forth and so on. You don't have experience in that. So you have to surround yourself with those people so that you can do what you do best. If you're an architect, what you do best is design, okay? And so you so that you can concentrate on designing and make money designing, you have to surround yourself with people who will take care of the business part of your business.
4: Amen. And don't be afraid to grow. Don't be
1: afraid to grow. Don't be afraid to grow. Let me just say this before we take another break. Uh, We have some statistics here. It says, according to the U.S. uh, Small Business Administration, over fifty percent of small businesses fail in the first year and ninety-five percent fail within the first five years. Wow. Okay? So the, the the odds are against you going into business. So you really, really, really need to know what you're doing. And also, uh, a book that I I read said that some of the reasons for small business failure is, number one, is lack of experience. Mm -hmm. Number two is insufficient capital or money. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have a business that is dependent on location, then poor location. Mm -hmm. If you are actually selling a product, then poor inventory management. Um, and then sometime I've seen this overinvestment in fixed assets. I've seen people mm. hop into business, run out by a Hummer. It's like, why, yes. are you, why do you need a Hummer? Right. You, you know, right. <laughs> why are you investing in this? Anyway, poor credit arrangements, personal use of business funds, yes. mixing, commingling mm. your personal funds with, with your, your business, business funds. Oh, yeah. And then the reason why I stopped there is because it also said unexpected growth. You have to manage your growth. You have to plan mm-hmm. to grow. So those are some of the things that, um, that I think are important. And when we come back, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we are going to talk about your exit strategy. If you find yourself in business, how do you plan? First of all, when you get in, you need to plan to get out. So how do we do that? Okay. You're listening mm-hmm. to Mind Your Business.
5: You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click. If filing your own taxes is not for you, we've got you covered. Just click to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free, or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. Are you in need of
6: a breakthrough? Maybe you only need a roadmap to connect the dots to your success. You know you're destined for greatness. Have you grown tired of trying to figure it out by yourself? Well, not for long. Welcome to Coach's Corner Elite, a digital magazine whose mission is to become your premier resource in connecting with many of the industry's top go-to coaches, consultants, leaders, and experts. I'm talking about movers and shakers from around the world who are willing to share their stories of struggle and triumph as well as their systems for success so that you too can have hope. No matter where you stand in your journey, your search will be complete with Coaches Corner Elite. Visit our website, CoachesCornerElite.com. Join our mailing list today. Got mobile? Text CONNECTME to 33444. Join us now. Coaches Corner Elite. Your experience awaits.
0: Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence seiler and Althea DeBar Johnson.
1: All right. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. We are talking about business, uh, whether you have what it takes to get into business. We're going to, if if you're already in business, then uh, Althea and I are definitely here to try to keep you in business. And as long as we're on the air, we're going to do the, the best we can to give you as much information as we can to help you be successful in business and stay in business. Uh, but right now we're going to talk about some Business strategies for exiting. Business strategies for exiting. And one of the th- reasons why I asked Greg to come here is Greg and I have had some really great, great discussions about exiting the business. And I, I, I promise you, when I left my firm, I wish I would have known Greg <laughs> because there are some things out there that you can do uh, because you might here. You can exit your business in a couple ways. First of all you can exit on purpose you can say you know at some point i want to retire right mm-hmm. And so you need to plan for that you need to plan for your retirement because again when you used to work for someone else they helped you do that they gave you a 401k they mm-hmm. gave you some sort of not too many pension plans around anymore but they gave you a vehicle to help you plan for that well when you're on your own you need to do that yourself you need to you need to uh... plan for your retirement that is exiting on purpose there are other exits that take place sometime. Uh, number two is, you know, unfortunately you might get sick, right? Disabled death. Okay. That's another way you exit the business. And uh, unfortunately, you know, you still need to, uh, uh, plan for that possibility. Okay. And that's called risk management. Um, and the third way is, you know, sometimes we just decide we, you know, the market isn't working or the business isn't working, and for some reason we don't want to go into, we don't want to be in any in business anymore, and so we need to figure out a way to exit the business. So, so Greg, what 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 do you usually advise your clients when when they go into business? Some ways to to actually mitigate some of that risk.
4: Well, the first thing I would uh, suggest to a small business person is uh, to look at the risk part of your business. You mentioned some key things. If you decide to retire. Okay. If you're retiring, is your business one of those types of businesses that can be sold? Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Uh, is it a sole proprietorship where, you know, you, you're the driving force behind it. So when you're gone, the business goes, Mm -hmm. So if if that's the case uh, in that situation, you may want to consider, okay, I'm going to retire. I have a small business. Maybe I have some assets. Maybe I'll sell those things. Uh, one of the things that, that, that made me think of was I talked to a dentist one time
3: mm-hmm.
4: and I asked him, he had been been in business, I know, over 30 years. And I asked him his exit strategy. You know what his <laughs> exit strategy was?
3: Die?
4: What? Well, yeah, <laughs> he, go, he go die working. Wow. That was his exit strategy because he didn't have any concept of, of uh, what the business was worth or no buyers or anything else in, in writing. And he said his other strategy would have been to hit the lottery.
1: Oh, my goodness. So a that's dentist? his extra Talking about A dentist a that's been of... in
4: business over 30 years. And, and this gentleman is successful. Right. He's got a wife. He's got right. kids. And I'm like, well, so in other words, when you die, your legacy dies with you. His wow. business dies with him. The thing that was so interesting to me was that he didn't put enough reserves away to retire on.
2: And that's usually the that's usually the problem. that's why he said what he he said. That's exactly why. Right. Do any planning exactly. as to how he's going to retire or what what type of legacy he's going to leave behind or how he was going to make this really a successful business. Exactly. Yeah,
1: but 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 Althea even if even if he had not done that. Okay, hopefully he after you spoke to him, he decided he was going to catch up, but I don't know. Late. Late Late in the game. Even if you have to play catch up, you know, you just have to make some sacrifices and catch up. Right. But Althea, even so, you know, even if he didn't plan for retirement, why do most entrepreneurs feel like they're going to live forever? Why don't they do any estate planning surrounding, you know, their businesses? It seems to me that you would have to say, if I'm a breadwinner for my family, I'm a dentist. This is not a business that your wife can just step into and take over, Absolutely you know, not. or some family member step in and take over because you need to be a licensed dentist to, to run this business. So, you know what, what, you know, what have you seen out there as far as business people actually doing some estate planning to make sure that their mm. business passes on or that there's some continuation or what?
2: Mm. I mean, I really haven't seen that much planning by entrepreneurs or business owners in setting up their estate planning.
5: Mm -hmm. Because
2: again, as a business owner, you have to put into place certain things that we know we have to pay for. Mm -hmm. You know you have to pay if you're leasing your rent. You know you have to pay for uh, insurances. You know you have to pay for your licensing fee. Well, that should be a part of it, too, mm-hmm. setting aside uh, funds for your retirement and exit strategy. Mm-hmm. But that's something that we don't, don't we do. don't we don't do. But even
1: don't. having even Althea having something in writing that says, you know, attorney Althea DeVar Johnson will be my executor and she uh, uh, so that his wife knows that. Althea is responsible for selling the business and here's how it should be done. And here's who you should get in contact with. And here are potential dentists who have shown interest in buying my business or something like that. So that, you know, a, a, a wife who, who maybe is stay at home or work somewhere or has her own business, doesn't know about your business and doesn't know how to run your business. And maybe you need to employ or e- either have someone set up to, sell the business or act on your behalf uh in case that you're incapacitated or, or die and again mm-hmm.
2: people are very hesitant about those unexpected things that happen in our life we're hesitant about planning we we don't really want to plan or think about what might happen mm-hmm. but things do happen yes. and they don't always happen to someone else sometimes we do someone right. Else.
1: right that's right that's okay. right but
2: mm-hmm. we 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 all have that fear that unknown and that that fear that don't drive us to move forward even though we all claim how much we love our families mm-hmm. yes right
3: yes we don't
2: we leave them unprotected we exactly. leave them unprotected and we leave them with a uh, burden mm-hmm. and, and 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 trauma Yes yeah. and drama
1: right Ooh. drama and trauma right so and, there yeah. but there's a way of i i remember um when I started learning about insurance mm-hmm. and getting licensed, Series 667 and all that, mm-hmm. I don't have it anymore. I leave that stuff up to Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I don't have those licenses, but I had to learn the yes, stuff. Yes, absolutely. And when I, it was amazing to me that there are actually ways for you to protect yourself, um, you know, and use those mm-hmm. types of products and stuff along with an estate plan. Can you talk about that very quickly, Greg? Oh,
4: without a doubt. One of the things that we always suggest in your exit strategy, you should have a strategy for if you live, if you die, or if you become disabled. Mm Because guess what? You're going to die. Right. Death and taxes, they're sure. You you can assure yourself (laughs) on that. Right. So in the case of the dentist, the thing for him to have done was to set up a key key man policy. Right. The key man policy would have funded the sale or it could fund the lifestyle of his wife. Mm -hmm. Does he have any type of a legacy he'd like to leave? Well, guess what? This guy went to Morris Brown uh, College.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: We all know about the struggles of Morris Brown, right? Well, well, think about it. if you could leave some money mm-hmm. to your alma mater, if you could leave money to your your, your favorite organization, right. you could do those types of things by nearly by merely setting up a key man policy. Well, what happens if you become disabled?
3: Mm-hmm. If
4: you become disabled, which Actually, this guy became disabled for a while. So what happens is the disability income could keep you floating. And at the same time, there's also a product that you can use to pay your bills, to pay your business bills called business overhead expense. keep your practice flowing. And if you have those types of plans in place, you could even come in and and contract a dentist to take care of your clients. So you continue to get that cash flow going, pay him a little salary because you're out on your own disability income policy. So you're not taking money. You're not putting a financial drain on your practice Mm -hmm. so you can pay him some of the money that you were going to earn. I bring bringing in that dentist, but it all goes back to proper planning.
2: Awesome. So, so Greg, we need you to give out your information because a lot of these business owners That's need right. you to come in and 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 counsel them and advise them, and hopefully they can act on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want folks to
1: act. act That's right. That's right. right. That's act right.
4: And not react.
1: That's yes. right. <laughs> act. Sure. Yes. So, so give them your information, Greg.
4: They can hit us on the web at www.gpifinancial.com. That's gpifinancial.com. Or they can call me at 404 484 3638.
2: Say that number a little slower.
1: 404
4: 484
1: 3638. All right. And here's, guys, thank you so much for listening. Here's what you can do, though. Anytime we have a guest on, if for some reason you missed information, if you're driving, if you're doing something and you miss information, go to our website, www.mindyourbizradio.com. That's www.mindyourbizradio.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all those types of things. But if you get in touch with us, you can shoot us a message. Um, usually, uh, our guest information is on the website. If it's, if it's not there, you can send us a message and we'll send you all of their information. So you're, you're never, you know, you can always act on anything that we, we say here. All right. So thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. It has been mind your business radio. radio. Thanks for listening. And it's your business, your family, your, your life. life. Take care, everybody.